Uh, Jack, Jack, quick moment of your time, please. How does it feel to finally discover the Villa Talks podcast? Um, best day of my life. Great, there you have it. Back to you at the studio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Villa Talks podcast, another episode of Lockdown Lowdown. The decade of doom, as I called it last night, is over. Finally, Villa are back where they belong and it seems like Villa, we've got a team to be proud of. Chadzi, give me your thoughts on, on yesterday's game, mate. Oh yeah, I thought it was a, an excellent performance again from um, a group of players that have obviously been tested over the last three or four weeks, not as big a squad as Chelsea. Chelsea made six changes compared to our one in force change. And you couldn't really tell. Um, you know, we did look a bit leggy at times, but the performance from some of the players, including obviously the likes of McGinn, Cash, Garzi, that gets another goal. Uh, and for me, I mentioned it in the la- last podcast, it was really important for us to prove, you know, prove that we could come from behind. And um, we did that last night in what was... A really tough game um, and to come from come back from 1-0 down at half-time and impose ourselves on the game like we did in the second half and come away with a very well-deserved point just again shows shows our progress and look, we're sitting fifth in the table now with two games in hand on some of those teams above us and it's, a, it's at what point do we start to believe something quite special could happen this season. Do you think this game was a Do you think this game was a barometer for us in terms of where we are as a team? Obviously, we've had some really good results, but in terms of our running, it's been not easy by any stretch of imagination. No game in the Premier League is easy, but it's been favourable. Uh, we've had Liverpool and Leicester probably been the, the two hardest teams we've had to face. Arsenal on paper looked difficult, but obviously we've seen how they've fared this season so far. This was really our first test away from home, Chelsea. Do you think we passed the test? And 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 and. You know what does this? What does that performance yesterday show us in terms of where we are in our standings and where we can potentially go in this in this year, this season? I think it was the first game in a in a series of tests, so I don't think we've passed the test per se. I think we've got another two or three games now that will be the barometer, but it's definitely an excellent start. And like I said, especially coming from behind for me, just just demonstrates our potential. Um, with with the same eleven or one enforced change, obviously with with Mings being out, but essentially the same team from the other night, forty eight hours later to go and perform like that, um, just just for me, make me start to believe that we should be taken seriously. And when I say taken seriously, I'm not really sure what I mean. You know, we're not going to win the league, but you know, we we can definitely finish in the top six now, and that's just so exciting for me. Um, Villa have kept uh, kept our spirits high throughout 2020, and uh, going into the first game against United next week, January the first, I think 2021 could be could be pretty special. Yeah, no, definitely, it definitely seems that way. I mean, Jugsy, what was most impressive for you uh, last night in the performance and and the, the overall display? Yeah, I think we spoke about it on the last pod, but yeah, mental strength. I thought the resilience to come back into the game where Chelsea, that first half, they finished off really well. Obviously, they got that goal and we were sort of on the back foot. And again, it just shows that we're not waiting around to make changes or, or adapting in, in a game. Um, Smith obviously spotted that Drore is letting the left-back Chilwell go too often. Second half, Trore was impressive in terms of tracking the left back, and that just made us a bit more solid because that's that was Chelsea's main uh, a threat really. So again, just shows that 
you know, we're not waiting around to make decisions. We're, we're spotting where our sort of um, faults lie and, and addressing them straight away. And to get back into the game early in the second half, um, yeah, credit goes to the team because um, we started that second half again in, in a good positive tempo. And uh, as a team, we looked a threat, I thought. I don't think we were as reliant as Jack Grealish as we have been in, in sort of previous weeks or, or last season. And... Uh, yeah, that, that goal, uh, lovely ball in from Matty Cash um, and our guys' finish, obviously, through, through the legs of the keeper uh, was excellent. And, yeah, I, th- I just thought as a team, um, it, it was a, a solid performance. Um, obviously, we've got a couple of big standouts in, in McGinn and Dougie Louise who were excellent again in midfield. Um, but, yeah, considering we, we played 48 hours ago, that performance was excellent. And on, an, on another day... Um, another Villa side would have definitely lost that type of game after going one goal behind. So um, definitely a team we can get behind. And yeah, a lot of positives, I'd say. Uh, if we look at the match stats then, you know, uh, overall, I think, yeah, you know, Chelsea definitely dominated the ball. They had 63% possession, Villa had 37%. Uh, but I, I thought, you know, I'd agree with Jugzy. I think, you know, we, I thought we started the game really well. Actually, for the first 25 minutes or so, we were definitely the team that looked more likely to do something and uh, we're looking in control of it. And we played with a certain type of intensity that I was hoping we'd have, but I was worried that we wouldn't have given that we played 48 hours previously. And in terms of shots, you know, it was pretty even, to be honest. They had 16 shots, we had 10. That's not bad for an away performance against Chelsea. Only two on target, but obviously one of those counted, which is which is the important thing. Corners 11 v 4 and then foul 16 v 3. Um, but we didn't, we did manage to dispossess him quite often and McGinn was obviously the fulcrum of that and was quite important to 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 many of our sort of counters and, and how we played and, and sort of set the tempo. Um looking at the the first half really I think, you know, like I said, the first 20, 25 minutes, we, we seem to be the, the better team, I think. But then after that Chelsea got back in the side, uh, sorry, Chelsea got back in the uh, back in the game. Uh Trore, as Juggs mentioned, was wasn't tracking his runner. Chilwell's found himself on the left with acres of space, plays a great ball back. Um, sort of low, well, sort of mid to low cross, and Giroud sort of sticks back and nods it in past the keeper. Not much Martinez could do about that. Um, and really, I think you know you saw Cash giving uh, a verbal volley to Traore, and I think he was definitely a foul. He sort of switched off. It, it wasn't laziness or anything like that. I just don't think he saw Chilwell behind him, to be honest. But and then really, I think you know we were talking about this on the group. I think. You know, we just wanted half time to come because Villa didn't look great at all after that, and and it looked like Chelsea were going to get another. I was I was personally worried that, um, and again, shows that we have to have a bit more belief in the team. I was worried. I was thinking, you know, I'm not sure where goals come from uh, here. And and Chazzy, what were your thoughts at half time going into the second half? Were you were you concerned or were you were you confident that Villa could come back in the game? Um, yeah, I would have I would have snapped your hand off for a draw because, like you said, towards the last five ten minutes of the first half, we. We did look a bit short of ideas and Chelsea were piling on the pressure, weren't they? And I think a second goal would have probably killed us off. But, you know, in that first period of the game, like you said, we were the stronger team. We had plenty of chances. Um, Jack had a couple of shots. He's run down the left-hand side where he pulled it back, just missed missed Garzi. So I felt it felt like it was a fairly even first half on the whole, but they took the one one key chance and, and you know, Giroud's record against us is... Incredible! I think it was a matter of time before he scored last night, and and good luck to him because he's a he's an excellent striker who's massively underrated in my opinion. But I was I was still confident in them. Um, like I said, we we did need to prove we could come from behind, and I think the 
the changes, even though they weren't dramatic in terms of tactically, I think, like Jugsy mentioned, we, we cut off that left-hand side channel for them, which was their their main attacking threat. And in the second half, most of what they did were, were long shots. Kante, Pulisic, Werner at times were, were having sort of pop shots that didn't even even test Martinez. So, um, yeah, they had a couple of good chances towards the end. But I think what, what we did do in the second half was... We were a bit sharper, like winning the second balls. We won that midfield battle. McGinn, again, for the second game on the trot, was like one and a half, two men. And um, we we were the aggressors then in the second half. And um, all credit again to Smith for, for enforcing that belief in the players. And I think, obviously, the run of form that we're on and the confidence the players have got, um, we're never beaten at the minute. So, uh, long may it continue. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And uh, before we go on to, the, to our goal and talk about that, let's just talk about McGinn. You mentioned there, and obviously he was man of the match yesterday and put in a hell of a shift after putting another shift in against Crystal Palace where we were down to 10 men. Shows you the, uh, obviously he's got his fitness back and that's something we were concerned about at the beginning of the season. He, he didn't seem like himself still, even though we've had the, the sort of the short summer break. But looking at his numbers, I mean, his, his game by numbers, 19 duels contested, 10 duels won. Obviously up against Kante, um, excellent, you know, one of the best midfielders in the Premier League and very similar sort of styles, all action. 10 final third entries, 10 ball recoveries, six fouls won, four penalty box entries, three tackles made, two chances created, two take-ons completed, one woodwork hit. Uh, and that shot, I mean, I thought, I honestly thought the uh, the crossbar was going to snap in two, to be honest, but um, it was, as soon as he hit it, I thought it was in. Uh, but let's talk about the first goal. Uh, Jugsy, how did you see that that first goal and, and sort of the build-up of that goal? Yeah, I think um, Jack gets a bit of space, which is really key for us when we're attacking. Um, obviously, he gets the foul off the, the defender. Chelsea then clear the ball that comes in and it falls back into Jack's feet and Chelsea's defender's down. And um, I know a few fans have had a bit of mind that, that we didn't kick the ball out, but yeah, no, no team does that these days. Um, and yeah, the ball comes out to Matty Cash. He puts a great ball in. Um, luckily for us, obviously, Chelsea are one defender down, so they've pushed forward. So there's a bit of a gap in the back post. And Algarzi's, yeah, quite a composed finish. Whether he meant it through the legs of the keeper, I'm not sure. But yeah, side foot finished, nice, tidy goal. Um, could celebrate that one. I was pretty confident he was onside for a change. So yeah, it was a great goal. And yeah, again, just showed Matty Cash again was unbelievable. Uh, up against Pulisic, who's who's yeah one of the probably most uh, creative players in the league, to be honest, and probably one of the most dangerous. Um, so it was good to see him on the other end, um, providing that attacking threat that we've been sort of calling out for um, over the last few pods. Um, yeah, now Gazi, that's five and five for him now. So his confidence is sky high, and yeah, I mean, we we've backed him on this podcast. We can see there's a foot player in there for sure. Um, he's got all the ability, he can take players on, he's quick, he's strong. And it's just confidence and having that mental strength that we keep mentioning. Um, and it helps because because the team's playing so well, all these wingers have got more space on the ball um, because all of a sudden McGinn's getting marked, Grealish is getting marked, Watkins is occupying two defenders. That all helps the team. And unlike last season where, you know, we, our wingers struggled um, a lot and were limited in their creativity and limited in, in their sort of influence on games. All of a sudden we're seeing Truro and Algarzi really being a threat and providing that attacking output that, that we've been crying out for as a team. So yeah, really pleased for him and yeah, nice goal. Um, there's question marks that 
Grealish somehow fouled the Chelsea player, but on the replays, it clearly shows that he sticks his leg out and Grealish goes over it. So I uh, can't have no complaints. So it's a sort of, yeah, clutching our straws with that one. I don't think we should underestimate the quality of that delivery from Matty Cash either. I think, you know, he's looked up. He hasn't just put a ball in the box hoping for the best. As Quetta, like Juggy said, Christensen's down injured. As Quetta knows he's got a cover and fill in at centre-back and he's obviously left that sort of right-back area free. Matty Cash has looked up, seen that space vacant and put an absolutely inch-perfect ball into El Ghazi. He, he did exactly the same for Watkins against West Brom for the goal that was ruled out slightly offside the other week. So, um, yeah, I mean, Cash, we, we've talked about how good he's been and he is all action. He is aggressive. He does win his duels. He loves to tackle. He's up and down that flank. But, you know, now he's starting to add some real quality and, and output from an attacking perspective as well. And, you know, for me, he can really develop into a, the complete right-back. You know, he's got everything... Um, you need to succeed in that position. And I think it's only a matter of time now before his assists and even goals start tightening up because he was always good for a goal at Forest. So I'm looking forward to him breaking his duck for Villa. And um, it, yeah, he's just reiterating what an excellent sign he's been. Yeah, it's quite an interesting one that is actually because, um, I mean, Troy, we've talked about him not tracking his man first half and, and he definitely, it was a, a definite change in that in that second half. And, and again, it shows the mentality of, of the team, I think, Um the fact that you know he obviously listened, adapted, and learned from it, and he was so much better in the second half and helped cash out a lot. But the other thing I wanted to note was also target. You know he seems to be not getting forward as much as he was before, but also because of that, his defensive displays have been fantastic. And again, he was you know brilliant. They didn't really have anything down the right hand side. And Adoy Hudson Adoy was you know probably the brightest player the first twenty five minutes, but you know he was it was only bright because he was coming back, he was coming from the right and drifting into the left. He wasn't really doing much on the right hand side and they didn't have anything on the left on the right hand side really because Target was so good. But it's quite interesting to see the cash is getting further forward now that Trora is inside. Um and I think Trora coming inside and being an inver- inverted winger is obviously helping that. Uh, it means the cash can get on the outside more. Uh, but it was also interesting to see that target that uh, Matt Target staying back more. Um and looking at the uh, looking at the target trajectory. I mean, Jugsy, what are your thoughts on on the two fullbacks' performances? Uh, Chadzi just mentioned how good Cash was. What do you think of, of Target's performance yesterday? Target was excellent yet again, and yeah, won all his tackles. And when he does lap pace, he keeps his eye on the ball, and he always gets the tackle in. So it just shows how much he's improved from last season. Where it was quite easy sometimes to get crosses in, but he's blocking a lot of crosses. He's just in the right position, and you've got to give credit to Target. I mean. I think obviously confidence plays a part, but away from sort of the matches, we don't see what goes goes on behind the scenes sometimes. So there's a lot of work going on on the training pitch uh, with the defenders and the organisation of the team. So a lot of credit goes to the coaching staff again, but again, hard work of the players because they want to improve, um, they want to get better, and they you know what I mean they want to deliver results for the fans. So um, yeah, we really appreciate their, their performances and, and target the season as a put of foot wrong at all for me. And yeah, we're not seeing too much from an attacking threat, but that's because obviously we've got Agazi playing on the left and Grealish is sort of playing that inside left position. So we've got enough attacking threat on the left as it is. So it's, it's a bit of a game plan, I think, by Smith to say, look, we probably don't need target to overlap and sort of be blowing after 60, 70 minutes. Uh, let's keep sort of him um, tight uh, with the two centre-backs and let, let Cash go forward because Toro is obviously coming a bit more central and trying to link up the play a bit more. So again... Credit goes to Smith on his tactics. We just seem to be developing as a team. You know, I mean, if we haven't got if Plan A is not working, we're looking at Plan B, Plan, plan C, 
and it's exciting times because this is a team now functioning without Ross Barkley, who's going to be instrumental, I think, uh, going into to the last half of the season and January window coming as well. So who knows? Are we going to add a bit of quality, a bit more depth? Because I think the massive difference between the two teams yesterday was that we brought on two sort of academy graduates in Ramsey and Davis. I know we signed like, uh, Davis from Biggleswade, but and they brought on £140 million worth of players. So it just shows how good that performance is 20, 48 hours later after being Palace with 10 men. So these players ran, played with 10 men, which is obviously a lot of effort and a lot of extra yards to cover, uh, to put a performance like that away at Chelsea, uh, knowing that we've not got much depth on the bench. Um, so yeah, massive credit to the team, massive credit to the players. Yeah, no, I completely agree. That's a really good point. You know, they changed six, Chelsea changed six of their players. We, we couldn't do that. Uh, Smith mentioned, you know, he had a discussion with the team before the game and sort of looked in the whites of their eyes and see if they were ready and they were ready. You know, he, he was happy. He said he's never had a player go off because of exhaustion. So, you know, it shows you the mentality of the team again. Uh, but, you know, I, th- I thought we did look a little bit leggy towards the end of the first half. But then in the second half, we, we sort of completely, I don't know where we found the extra yard of pace and extra yard of physical strength and mentality from we, we did. But even towards the end of the game, you know, we looked like we were still trying to get the winner. Uh, we didn't We didn't try and play out for a draw we're still trying to attack uh, you know we had the last corner of the game etc but but looking at the remainder of the of the second half then Chelsea had a couple of chances obviously Werner's chance which was a pretty decent chance but in the form he's in he uh, he skied it over the bar and even if it was on target I think it was going straight down Martinez's throat and then Chilwell at the end had the added volley which was an excellent technique and just went past the post but but looking at Villa's chances obviously we've talked about McGinn's bar but Chadzi tell me about Ramsey's chance I mean comes on the pitch surprised he came on to be honest in a game like that when it was evenly poised it shows you the uh, the confidence Smith has in him came on and with his sort of second touch well first touch sets himself second touch hits it curling far post what were your thoughts what was, what was going through your mind at that time I thought it was in mate I was up to be honest I was celebrating um, I was very surprised it didn't uh, just creep in off the inside of the post um, but yeah, I thought it was a it was a, it was a positive change from Smith. Um, we were starting to look slightly tired. Jack was Jack was um, looking a bit leggy, and I think it was a really positive change to bring both him and Davis on to make sure that we didn't sit too deep defensively. We we wanted to carry on pressing high and put the centre backs and keeper under pressure. So moving Ramsey up the pitch and just asking him to empty the tank for 10-15 minutes was was a really positive thing to do when he, he looks really assured, really comfortable and confident. You know, you've got to have confidence as a young man to come on and have a have a pop shot from that distance at, um, for your first touch. So, yeah, it does show, does show what great faith Smith and the coaching staff have got in him. And um, I think potentially, and I, I did say this a couple of weeks ago, I, I can't remember which game it was, maybe the Wolves game, but for me, that's, unless barring a complete injury disaster, that's the end of... Horahan's uh, career at Villa for me, you know, he's he's not anywhere near getting looking at the minute, is he? He could be off in January. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I mean, I, we love Horahan on on this pod, and we've talked about him, but you know, we all know his limitations, and it's come to that point where it's probably a year earlier than I expected, to be honest. But we're at the stage now where we really need to push on, and and he's just not I'm afraid. He's just not good enough. Um, he's okay for a squad position, but Ramsey's shown that he can he can add a little bit more in terms of his overall play. And in terms of set pieces, which Harahan has, you know, he's still got a part to play in that. But then we've got the likes of Barkley and now Troy as well, who put some excellent balls in against Palace. He's an excellent set piece taker. We've got Cash from the right-hand side. 
you know we've just got we've just got the ability now within the team to to sort of make up for that lack of set piece threat that we had last year so yeah i, I mean i probably agree with that and i'd still be looking at maybe a midfielder in january but i guess we'll we'll come on to that in the coming weeks but but in terms of the overall match then Joe, just give me your final thoughts before we go in the comments and uh, go look at the sort of preview of the Man United game. Yeah, I thought it was a, a short performance uh, away from home and just uh, going to give sort of Martinez and the centre-backs centre backs a mention because Martinez is handling. Um, he's yeah, saved a lot of shots and it was, yeah, perfect. I mean, he didn't spill anything. Just installed so much confidence into the team. And I feel like when Chelsea got the ball at the edge of the box, I was like, yeah, have a, have a dig, have a shoot, have a shot. I mean... Um, because I was so confident in Martinez and um, Conson House again were excellent. House was a monster in the air. And I thought Conson really stepped up. I think Chadzi mentioned on the on the group yesterday that he saw that he was tra- sort of organising the back line, organising House uh, in terms of his positioning. So it's great to see Conson step up as as a leader in that back four because that that is Ming's Ming's job, which gets under, undervalued sometimes. And Conson is that sort of senior player now, uh, even though he's twenty three. Um, he, he's he's that sort of standard sort of week in week in week out player. So concert for me, I thought was really excellent to show that he could organise the back four, um, show some leadership, and yeah, drive the boys um, to make sure we don't we don't concede in that second half. So his performance was excellent. I mean, some of the stuff that his positioning, that little header off off the line. I know it was offside, but that was just world class. So yeah, really pleased with, with the centre backs yet again. I think you're right that in terms of Courtney Hawes, okay, he did give the ball away a few times and he, he's not as good with the ball at his feet, which is why I think we've we've always sort of talked about him in, in limited terms and, you know, we've talked about the fact that the previous fixtures against Baggies, Burnley um, and Palace have, have been good fixtures for him, but... You know, we shouldn't we shouldn't continue to play down his strengths um, because of his um, perceived um, lack of composure on the ball at times. You know, he wins absolutely everything in the air, and I mean everything. If the ball's anywhere near him, he's heading it out. He senses danger. If the ball's across the front, he's there. He's blocking it. He's kicking it away. And um, defensively, he he's got all the attributes to be a really good player for Villa in years to come. And I know we're probably going to come on to the comments and I've seen one of the comments regarding whether Ming's come straight back in, but it is going to be a tough decision for Smith. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree. I think, well, that's what, that's the headache Smith wants, isn't it? It's something we didn't think he'd have. We thought, you know, he'd be, probably had 12, 13 players that sort of picked themselves automatically and then the rest weren't good enough, but fair play to the lads. You know, I think a bit of competition, a bit of confidence in the team. You've seen what it's done for the squad players as well. And likes our Garzi house coming in. Yeah, I was I was thinking about that last night and, and confidence and um, another football podcast I listened to, the Totally Football Show, they sometimes do a, a feature called Flip, Re- Flip Reverse It, where they look at a moment in time and sort of rewrite history based on if things had happened differently. And if, if Ollie Watkins scores that pen against West Ham, you know, we might have won that game, got a point. But that means Al Ghazi doesn't take that penalty against Wolves. And that that goal against Wolves in the last minute to win the game is what's given him this confidence and this this sort of arrogance to go and get three, four, and now five goals in five. And it's just amazing how little things like that do define a sort of careers at times. You know, Al Ghazi will hopefully now go on to be remembered as a as a quality Premier League player for Villa. Whereas if he hadn't come on against Wolves in the last minute and scored that penalty. You know, the, the last few weeks could have been very different. So, again, it's just another example of how just fine margins and small details can 
can define our perceptions of people and players and careers. And um, it, yeah, it's just, just sort of mentioned. I couldn't sleep last night thinking about that. That's such a good point, actually. I hadn't thought about that. And, and it's something we, we talked about, you know, how good Jack is as a captain to give him the give him that pen and also Mings about what he said and, and how, how much has helped him. But I think we also got to give credit to Al Ghazi, the fact he had the mental strength and the confidence and the swagger really to put that penalty away and then and then come back from that and come back from all the negative comments, come back from coming off social media and all that kind of stuff and 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 has shown what he can add to the team. And let's be face it, and we've always said without Gazi, he's inconsistent as most wingers are. Uh, but he was never that bad last year. He was never, you know, he was never people say he's one of the worst players we've seen and all this kind of crap I see on, on social media. And it's just you know hyperbole. It's just terrible. You know, he's he is he's a good player. He's a decent squad player. And he was second to Jack last year in terms of output. Um, and and Connor as well. So you know he he did a job last year, and, and you know that shouldn't be forgotten. Yeah, I think it's a massive lesson to us all fans, really, and me as well. I think we do sometimes write off players too early, and likes of Trezeguet. I mean, he had a really tough start to his Premier League career, and he didn't look a player at all. And we thought, you know, I mean, we've just wasted eight million or ten million or whatever it was. But he's shown that with hard work, determination, you can make an impact on the, to the team, and you can improve and you've got a position in the, in the team if you know what your role is. So it takes time for a manager to, you know, I mean, to implement a style of play to suit players and improve players sometimes. And that's what we're seeing now. Smith's had a chance, obviously staying in the league has been a massive achievement, but he's had a chance now to improve players. And he's a coach that can do that, where previous managers we've had at Villa haven't been able to do that. And that's been massive for us because... You know, in the championship, Smith's influence was huge. I mean, I remember the game where we beat Derby 3-0 away. And that moment on, I thought, if you can do, make get a performance out of a Steve Bruce team like that, then this is the manager for us and this is the manager for the future. So I knew within a couple of weeks that this guy was going to take us forward. And yeah, the improvements we've made now, um, it, it's a massive credit to Dean Smith and the coaching staff because... We don't see it, but we can obviously see there's a lot of hard work going in and um, the players are, are taking it on board as well. There's a good sort of unity in the dressing room and they've got each other's back, whether that's Algazi, Mings, Grealish, whoever it is, they've got each other's back and that's what we need. Um, and that's what we need to do as fans. Uh, I think as fans, sometimes at the minute, we're just focused on slating Steve Bruce or moaning about Leeds. Let's just back our, our team and our players. Let's not worry about anybody else. We don't need sort of acknowledgement from the press about our performances and us finishing top six, let's let's our football do the talking and uh, just back the lads. I think. Yeah, yeah, some some good points there, and uh, you know, I think let's just carry on as as you've said. Let's keep the confidence going. Shame we can't be there, obviously, but um, it is what it is. But it's obviously the team are, are still performing without us, so that's the main thing. But let's let's move on to the comments then. Um, so uh, quite a few. I won't. I'll try and read as many as we can out before we go into the main night game. Villa Together podcast says if a tree falls in a forest and no one's around to hear it, does it make a sound? Well, I'm pretty sure McGinn would be around somewhere, given his performance last night. So I'm sure it would make a sound. Andy Keenan says, a "Good first 15 minutes or so. Looked tired as it went on. A better second half could have gone either way. Jack giving Algarzi that pen and walls now looks like a masterstroke. McGinn man of the match without doubt. Should shout out to our centre halves. Yeah, we've talked about that." you know massive massive influence on how we've done the last few games Carl Knight further proof of our ability to challenge for Europe we don't need Grealish to play like Maradona every game to get something from games we, with another push in the transfer window DC Smith will bring us trophies yeah, I agree we've talked about that already as well um, I've got this random bot who keeps every time Maradona's mentioned on our page he keeps saying send, sending us videos about Maradona so I'm not sure what that's about but anyway um, 
Jess, really impressed with our grit this evening. The Villa recent times would have caved in that second half and ran out of steam. The side is fitter, more determined, and group that trust each other. With more progress to come, it's a very exciting time. Yeah, I agree. Lizard man just said the same to my old man. We have suffered. He's talking about us, me saying about the decade of doom. I mean, I mean, Chadzi, just quickly on that. I said the decade of doom, and obviously, I'm, I'm, you know, we're only how many games into the season? There's a long way to go yet. You know, anything could happen. But I mean, do you do you really believe that there's ten years that we've had in the last, but so the last ten years we've had and all the sort of the lows we've had and and a couple of highs? I mean, do you think this team is we're we on the cusp of something? much much better and, and how far do you think we can go um I'm, I'm glad you've asked me that mate because we've talked about this in the past and i'm actually less doom and gloom than most people generally and i think for me it hasn't been a decade of doom um put yourself in the shoes of most football league clubs out of the 92 teams and i'd say probably 80 percent of their fans around the country have had a worse decade than us okay yes we did nearly go out of existence but we were rescued by um, owners that are take, kicking the club on now. We've been to Wembley God knows how many times. We've had uh, a 10-game winning streak with a Villa fan as captain leading us to promotion. We've had, you know, res- relegation survivals. And, yeah, it hasn't been vintage Villa, of course, in, in comparison to our history. But football fans are desperate to, to tell everyone else how much of a hard-luck story it is supporting their team. But... Try being a Blues fan or a Cov fan or an Accrington Stanley fan. You know, Villa, we're privileged. We've seen so much, even in this, what you say, decade of gloom. So I'm not having it at all, to be honest. It hasn't been great, but come on, let's have a bit of perspective. But anyway, going back to your question, um, I think the next decade could potentially be uh, very special. You know, these owners look like they're here for the long run. Um, if we can tie Smith down, if we can keep Grealish at the club, if we can invest wisely, um, obviously get the fans back in the stadium and, and get, get this club going again. Like I said at the start, I think 2021 could be a very special year for Villa and you never know, it could be the start of start of a special decade. Yeah, yeah. Always uh, good to hear your words of wisdom, Chadzi. The, the the sage of the podcast, I'm going to call you. Always always come up with the right thing to say. But looking at the other comments then, Villa Together podcast, actually a proper question this time. We've shown that our squad depth has some quality. So if we're going to go into the market, who is a realistic option to strengthen now that we've got a space in the squad with Kalinich going? Jugsy, any any thoughts? Just give me one one name that you would look at. Um, I'll probably look at... It's a difficult one because at first I thought we probably needed another winger, but maybe someone like Brondia from Norwich just to play in that attacking midfield role sometimes when Greenish plays on the left. Obviously, that depends on Barkley's sort of injury record now. Um, would, you, would you would you try and buy Barkley permanently in, in January window? Wait till the summer. Depends on what what price tag they put on him, and I'll probably wait till the end of the season because just his injury record's not been great, and he's already been out for sort of six or seven games. So I just want to keep a close eye on it. And I think Chelsea only spent fifteen million on him because he had a year left of his contract. So I think they won like some like thirty million. So yeah, I'll wait and see. But maybe maybe a central midfielder option actually. Um, if, if we're looking to maybe move Horan on, and Ramsey's obviously could do with a loan, I think, just for his development because he needs to be playing in week in, week out rather than getting five or ten minutes here. I think maybe getting a centre midfielder might be might be an option. And I know a lot of people were sort of questioning getting a second striker, but Watkins looked quite leggy yesterday and we mentioned, obviously, his running, his sprints, and etc. in the last pod. So whether he can keep that up throughout the season and stay injury-free, that would be another one because we've got Davis and Wesley is going to take a couple of months to come back into it. So... 
yeah, maybe a second striker or a centre mid. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what who who I'd have on the target list. To be fair, but it probably yeah, it's probably okay. be abroad just for value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. I guess we'll see. Um, there's no r- mad rush to do anything really. Uh, let's let's do the last couple of questions then. Um, Dennis then Jones says, "Where can I buy the golden Premier League patches for my shirt?" Asking for a friend. Very nice. Like the, like the positivity and confidence. Awab Nawari, does it send a bad message to the squad players of Barkley and Mings come straight back in? I think it will be harsh on them, whatever, whoever has dropped for them. I guess we'll see. We talked about that already. It's going to be a difficult decision for Smith, but that's what you want in the day. Uh, Gary H says, I reckon if we had a few more days rest before last night's game, we'd have beat Chelsea as we understandably lacked our usual attacking intensity views. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about that already, haven't we? I think it's, you know, they had the luxury of being able to rest six players. We didn't. Uh, we did look leggy at times, and I think Grealish especially towards that second half. That run where he was he broke free and, and he sort of passed it back and Kante blocked it off. I think if that had been Grish at full pout, I think he'd carry on in the box and and maybe try and get a, a foul in the pen box. But it is what it is. And then the last couple of questions, last couple of comments, um, just quickly from Sam Cleary. Chelsea limited our attacking play more than any other side and we still had the chances to win it. If key moments had gone our way, I'm more confident than ever that we can sustain a challenge for the top four after that. Well, confident. I like that. And then the last comment uh, from Alec, working on a boat somewhere, so enjoying himself, I'm sure, uh, regularly listening to the podcast. He said, when you talk of successful teams throughout history, the most successful teams are full of leaders, not relying on one leader. Looking at this Villa side, we have a lot of leaders on the pitch. Jack, McGinn, Mings, Emmy, Konza and Louise. It looks bright. The future looks bright. Yeah, I mean, Juggers mentioned about Konza coming into the side and, and acting as that leader. I think, you know, we, we've seen that. And I think it's been so important. And Martinez, you hear him barking out orders and corners and, you know, we've we've suffered a bit in the corners this year. We haven't been great, but we've definitely looked like we've improved. So I think a lot of that comes down to organisation and talking and communication. I think that's massive. Uh, but yeah, all, overall, great performance, uh, resilient performance, uh, a, a kind of performance that we haven't really had to make this year, to be honest, uh, but it shows you, again, the type of team that we've got. Looking at the Man United game, then just quickly before we break off, Jugsy, um, what would you do? How would you set ourselves, set the team up looking to, to beat Man United away from home? Yeah, I thought, I th- just having to think ahead, I think we we wary of our high line against United because Rashford likes that sort of run in between the full-back and centre-back and obviously Fernandes will get into pockets of space and that's the sort of through ball that he likes to play. So we do like to keep a high line and it has been working to be fair to us. So that's something that we need to be, maybe look to adapt. Um, Consa's obviously got a bit of pace about him, which is good. I think Mings will probably come back into the side. Um, as I mentioned last time, I think he's our, one of our leaders and one of our standout players. So I think Smith's backs him and I think the players have got a lot of belief in him as well. So I know it'd be harsh on Courtney House, but I think Minks will come back into it. Um, yeah, I think Fernandez is key. I mean, he's such a, a good player and his output's phenomenal. I mean, anytime he gets onto the ball, he does something special with it. Um, so we've got to be careful not to give away too many sort of set pieces uh, again in around the box um, just with Fernandez's delivery um, but obviously United are playing Wolves tonight at 8 o'clock so they're going to have a one day less recovery than us and I'm hoping they probably go in full strength today and maybe make some changes against us um, so they've been rotating their, their centre midfielders quite a bit but Matomini and Fred have, have played quite regular in the last couple of weeks but I think Pogba and Van Beek might, might play against us um, but defensively, they're pretty solid. I mean, I mean when Juan Basaka um, is, is a great right back, and I'm not sure if I'll move Grealish to the left. I think I'll keep him central for this game, just because I think he'll have better luck. 
uh, exposing uh, United in the middle of the park than he would against Wan-Bissaka because Wan-Bissaka is such a good defender. Um, yeah, so it'd be an interesting one. I would personally rotate the squad just because they looked so tired in, the, in, the, in that final third against Chelsea. I would, I would look to try and get Barkley if he's fit and Mings into the side. So, yeah, I'd, I'd probably go with that. Yeah, I think Twan Zebi's played a couple of times as well on the right right hand side, right back position for Man United. So, it'd be interesting to see whether whether he sticks with him or not. Uh, Chad, do your thoughts on the match and then a prediction as well before we break off? Yeah, I think Jib just covered most of it. I don't know whether I'd like to see us do a bit of a man-marking job on Fernandes, to be honest. Just cut out their main supply, cut out their source. He's so effective. You know, his numbers are incredible. And it seems every time I watch United, he's either scoring or assisting. So if we can somehow shut him out, whether put McGinn or Louise on him and just be all over him like a rash. And that I know that would go against our sort of natural, more progressive instincts where we like to impose ourselves on the game. Um, but, you know, maybe something worth considering. I'm sure that's something that they might think to do. But um, I quite fancy us, if I'm honest. I, you know, I, I was I was quietly confident about the Chelsea game, but I am confident about this game. I feel that Watkins is due a goal. Jack usually turns it on against United. And so um, I, I reckon we're going to go and win 2-1. Nice, like it. Jugsy, your prediction? I'll go 1-1, draw again. Nice. I, I agree with that. I think, I mean, I'll, take, I'll definitely take a draw right now. Uh, if, you, if you're offering it to me so but I definitely think we can win this is a game we can win at Man United away from home sorry Man United home is a different proposition to Man United away from home I, I think um, they're much more effective away from home uh, the fact we're playing at their place I think uh, probably will suit our style anyway but yeah we'll look forward to that match obviously we'll be back with a, with a match review once that match is done uh, no late night ramble this week uh, given how close the matches are but we'll be back next week with one but again, thank you for listening. Thank you to guys uh, for, for coming on, giving excellent insights as usual. Um, if you if this is the first time you're listening, please do subscribe and follow us. We're on uh, all the major podcast platforms. On Twitter, at Villa Podcast, all one word. Please do follow us. Check out our Dwight York interview. I'm going to continue plugging that all year, I think, uh, until we get our next guest. But check it out, uh, episode 28. Uh, and if you're on Apple, please leave a review and rating. That would be much appreciated. It helps us out a lot. But apart from that, thanks to guys. Thanks for listening. And uh, up the villa. Cheers, Amps. Up the villa, lads. Cheers, mate. Up the villa. Go on, the boys. I love it. I love it.